Hello, my name is Jordan Tardo, and I'm the lead pastor at Experience Church. I'd like to take a moment and just say thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast today. I hope this message blesses you. I hope it encourages you. I hope it strengthens you for what God has called you to today. We are in the Beatitudes, and we are in week seven of the Beatitudes, and if you don't know, many of you probably do, but the Beatitudes really we find in Matthew chapter five. Uh, Matthew chapter five, six, and seven was one sermon that Jesus preached. It was called the Sermon on the Mount. Many people call it that, and it was a sermon where he's preaching all different things. Well, he starts that sermon with these eight Beatitudes. And uh, it goes like this in verse two. It says, he began to teach them and he said, blessed are the poor in spirit for the kingdom of heaven is there. Blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. In verse nine is what I wanna talk to you today about is blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of God. Blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of God. A couple things about this and I've said it all series long. Really when Jesus is talking about the term or word blessed here, he's not talking about the culture concept of what we think the word blessed means. He's not talking about money. He's not talking about rich. He's not talking about fame. He's talking about blessed really comes and really in the Greek translation comes from the word happy and not the type of happy that you and I may think of when we think of happy where you get a burger and you eat it and you're happy because you ate the burger, come on somebody, you know what I'm saying? Like, ooh, that was a good burger, I'm happy. You might do a little food dance, you know, you're just hyped about your, your burger. That's, that's not what we're talking about, that's circumstantial happiness. What we're talking about, what Jesus is talking about when he's happy is really this etern- internal, excuse me, this internal joy that comes. This, no matter what the circumstance comes, there's this internal joy to those that are poor in spirit, internal joy to those who, who, are, who are peacemakers, eternal joy to those who show mercy. All eight of the Beatitudes, there's this internal joy that comes to them. And so this is what we're talking about today, an eternal joy. Blessed are the peacemakers. And here's what I know about peacemakers. We are living in a time and a day and an age in a society where we need some peacemakers. And I'm not talking about we need world peace. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not gonna be up here and you're like, oh, he's just gonna be, he's gonna be a world peace. Okay, see you later. That's not necessarily what we're talking about when we say peacemakers. What I'm talking about is we need people that we're willing to say, even in the chaos of our culture, we're willing to step in and show and shine peace to those around us. We are living in a time and a day and an age where it is easy to lose peace. It is easy to not have peace. There's fears of all different types of things. There's anxieties and stress and worries of all different things in our culture and our society, whether it's relationships or whether it's a sickness or whether it's someone else is sick or whether it's a job or whether it's money or whether it's rent or a home or what can we afford and what can we not. There is always something to stress and have fear and anxiety and and worries over. And Jesus says, blessed are those who are peacemakers. Well, here's what I know about peacemakers. You can't be a peacemaker if you ain't got no peace. Okay, I know that's not proper English. You're like, "Mm, not for me, check, I'm out of here. Okay, I know that, but here's what it is. We can't expect to be peacemakers in our society if we ain't got no peace. 
And oftentimes in society, in the last few years specifically, it's been interesting to watch the Christian culture and the, and the world's culture and how they pretty much, we all respond the same way. We all respond to stress at work the same way and we all respond to fears the same way and we all respond uh, to worries the same way. And here's what's interesting. God wants us to be a people that don't respond the same way, but that we would be peacemakers. In order to be peacemakers, you have to have peace. In order to have peace, you have to be responding a different way to what the world is bringing at us at all times. And so I know this, if we're gonna really be peacemakers, what does it look like to really live out and be a peacemaker on this planet? It starts with we have to have peace. Peace with what? I'm glad you asked. I'm gonna show it to you today in Romans chapter five, starting in verse one. It says, therefore, since we have been made right in God's eye, in the sight of God by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. This is, this is an incredible scripture and I love it. It says, but we've been made right in God's sight. We've been made right in the eyes, in the sight of God. And then now because of this, we have peace with God. In order to really have peace, we have to, it has to start with knowing that we have peace with God. The scripture says, if we confess with our mouths and believe in our hearts that Jesus is Lord, if we call ourselves believers, the Bible says that now we are in right standing with God. That now that we have peace with God, the scripture says that we, are one, we were once enemies of God, but now because of what Jesus did for us, not because of how many times we read our Bibles, not because of how many times we prayed, not because how many songs we sang, not because how many times I went to Bible study or because I, I went to church, those, all those things are great. But that's not what gives us peace with God. What gives us peace with God is that the scripture says, because of what Jesus did for you and I that he was willing to come and he was willing to die on a cross and give his life so that now we could be in right standing with God. So now I don't have to be concerned about what eternity looks like. I don't have to be have anxiety and fear and stress about what eternity looks like. Why? Because I know I'm in right standing with God. I know what eternity looks like for me. And this is the incredible thing about the God that we serve. He makes us right. And so also it's that we understand, I, the, I love it. He says we've been made right with him, meaning that we were once wrong. And there's not many things in life that's, that, that steal your peace than guilt. There's not many things on the planet that will cause you to lose peace like doing something that you know was wrong. And then you have to walk through that process and you're thinking it over and you're pondering it, whether that's with, a, whether that's with God, whether that's with a relationship you may be in. Maybe you said something that was negative towards a relationship you're in, whether it's your spouse or someone you're dating and you know it was wrong and there's guilt about it. And so now you're pondering it and you can't sleep because you're, you're wondering what they're thinking and you feel bad. And there's this guilt that comes and here's what happens. It's stealing our peace. And that's why God says, listen, I want you to know you've been made right with 
with me. You don't have to worry about the mistakes you made. You don't have to feel guilt. The Bible says there's no condemnation in Christ. Here's what it is. When we believe in him, the Bible says that he removes those things off of our lives. The sin and the penalty of sin has been removed. Now, that doesn't mean consequences have been removed. People are like, oh, I gotta walk through certain things because of the decisions I made. That's consequences. That's part of the, the ripple effect of decisions we've made. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the guilt of that mistake that you made is gone. God has forgiven us. God has, God has removed it. Now we're in right standing with him. This is the incredible thing about the God that we serve and we have to understand it. Peace really starts with God. It starts because he is what peace is. It's understanding that he really is peace. I don't go to a certain relationship or a certain job or a certain amount of money. I don't pursue those things for peace because I know those things aren't what brings peace. I pursue God because I know he is the one that brings peace in my life because he is peace. And peace is really, it's really the presence of Jesus. That's what peace is. It's not a person on this planet. It's not a relationship. It's not a job. It's not if you reach a certain number in your head of what you think we could make, you should make. And it's not a certain amount of kids. It's not, it, all those things. In fact, I would say create more sometimes stress and worry. God is the one who brings and is peace. Amen. Philippians chapter four and verse six. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. It says, do not be anxious about anything but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, another translation says, passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Do not be anxious about anything. This is Paul writing to the Philippian church. And he says, do not be anxious. Another translation says, do not worry about anything as if he knew there were going to be things to be anxious and worry about. In our society today, like I said a moment ago, there are so many things to be anxious about. There are so many things to be worried about. But the, Paul is writing, and Jesus even says it, and when he's preaching, he says, don't worry about anything. Why? Because he knows that if we stay focused on anxiety and worry, here's what happens. It steals today. And we only get today. And there's so many things we can be concerned about. Maybe you have children. You're like, oh, I'm, 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 I'm worried about my children's health or I'm worried about my children's education or, or maybe you, you're worried about your own health or maybe you're worried about your job or you're worried about how to afford something in your life. And there's so many things to be concerned about. And Paul says, listen, don't worry about that. Well, what if I don't have enough money? Don't worry about it. Oh, well, well what if I'm sick in my body? Don't worry about it. Well, what if like the, my relationships aren't going right and I'm single and I'm 35? Don't worry about it. Well, does that mean I'm never gonna get married? Don't worry about it. Well, God, what about me? Don't worry about it. Because if we get caught up in worrying about what it is or what could be or what should be or what we think should be, all it's doing is stealing today from us and the peace of today in our lives. You only, I only, we only get today. This is it. This is all we have. What you have in your, in your hands right now, that's it. And so if we get so caught up in all the things of what if or what should, it will cause us to lose the, the peace of today. And I love it because he says, he says in the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. I love it because there's this concept of understanding that we have this peace that goes beyond even how we think it should go or what we think it should be. And then he says, I love it, and it will guard your hearts 
and your minds. As if he knew that our hearts and our minds would need to be guarded. The peace of God actually guards our minds, minds and hearts from anxiety, from stress, from worry. It's like this illustration I have. I have a little illustration I'm gonna show you. I'm glad you asked about it. Cool, here we go. And I got these, these thank you brother. You got these cool little inflatables here. These are so sweet. Okay, cool. It's, and here's what it is. It says the peace of God will, will pass all understanding. And then he says, and it, and it will guard your hearts and minds. Because I'm just gonna put this on here. Okay, so look, y'all like, what is this dude doing? I'm glad you asked. Okay, cool. It's like this. So now, here's the thing. I have this, the peace of God in my life. Now it surrounds me. The Bible says it guards, it protects me. So here's what's interesting. Now, when I get into a situation at work and everybody's like, oh, they're laying people off and oh, we're gonna have to take pay cuts and oh, I don't know what's gonna happen. Now what happens is there's this guard in my life where now I respond differently than the way the world responded. Why? Because I had the peace of God around. Oh, well, my relationships, and I don't know what's gonna happen with my relationship and I've been stressing about this. Now, the peace of God guards me and those relationships. So now I'm not affected by the things of this world like others are because of the peace of God. Not because of me, not because of how much I pray. None of that has to do with it. It has to do with the peace of God surrounds me because I believe in him. And so now when things happen, now I'm not affected like the rest of the world is. And, and, and also in fact with this, I don't know if this is gonna go on the internet, so I don't know if I love this, but it is what it is. They're gonna put this on the internet. I know they will. And so here's what happens. Also that happens is this, this flotation device in a storm, in a wave, in an ocean will protect me and help me float. It's the same thing with the peace of God. When we get through chaotic moments, the peace of God will carry us through those situations. And here's what's interesting. Here's what's interesting. Oftentimes we'll go through a situation and people are like, man, how are you responding this way? Man, how are you, how are you, why are you acting? Why do you have joy? What's going on? Why are you not all worked up? Why are you not fearful? And oftentimes all we can do is say, oh, it's just God. Well, it's because he's put and given us the peace of God to protect us. And so now we're not as consumed about things like the world is. This is the great thing about the peace of God. This is why it's so important to understand God wants us to have this peace within ourselves. And how do we really get that peace? How do we get to the place of where we have it surrounding us? Or I'm not putting it on again, okay. But how do we have it put it on? I'm glad you asked. He says it right here. In verse, in verse six, he says, but in every situation by prayer, petition, and thanksgiving. Prayer, commune with God relationship with God. How do I get the peace of God? I'm in relationship with him. How do we receive the peace of God? How do we walk in the peace of God? Through relationship with the Holy Spirit. And as we walk together, as we talk together, I'm in communion with him. And as we are in communion with him, he brings this peace. Again, he is the one that is peace. We don't go, if we want a donut, we don't go to a McDonald's for a donut. Why? Because McDonald's don't do donuts. I know that's not proper English. Like, this dude needs to go to school. I know. I don't, if I want a nice, tasty donut, I don't go to McDonald's. If you want ice cream, you don't go to McDonald's. <laughs> that was a joke. 
Where do you go? If you want a donut, you go to a donut store. Why? Because you know the donut store is what produces the donuts. It's the same thing with peace. If I want peace, I don't go to a relationship on this planet. If I want peace, I don't go to a, to a job or an amount of money or a retirement fund. I go to God. Why? Because he is the source of peace. But we can search all the, all the relationship. And we don't, we don't talk about this, but this is what we think. Oh, the relationship's what's gonna give me joy and it's gonna give me peace. Oh, that amount of money. If I can just get this amount of money, if I can just make that much money, if I can have just, just as much money, I'm gonna be satisfied and have peace. No, that's not the source of peace. The source of peace is God and God alone. And so how do we have peace within ourselves? It's in communion with him, prayer. Then he says, petition, it's ask. The Bible says that we have not because we ask not. Sometimes in our situations, all God is wanting us to do is ask, God, would you bring peace into my life? Find a spot if you're going through a chaotic moment. Find, find a spot if you're worrying, if you're stressing. Find a spot throughout your day. Don't wait till you go to sleep. Don't wait till you wake up. Find a spot in your car. Find a spot in your room. Find a spot in your dorm room. Find a spot in, in, your, in, your, in your class. Find a spot in your closet. Find a spot in your bathroom. Whatever it takes, find a spot to take a moment and ask God, would you give me peace? I need peace in this situation. I'm stressing. I'm worrying. I'm, I'm concerned about this. God, bring peace into my mind and heart because I don't want to be affected like the world is affected, because God, I want to trust in you because I know you are good and you will take care of me. Then he says, with thanksgiving, he's taking a moment of praise and okay, so we pray, how do we really have the peace of God in our lives? So through prayer, communion with him, through asking him, and then also through praising him, being thankful for the things we have, but also taking a step further. Praise can sometimes be prophetic where it's, I'm praising God even though I've not received it. I'm praising God for the things he's going to do in my life. You may be sick in your body. You may have gotten a report from a doctor that says something that, that, that you just has just caused you to freak out. It's caused you to be anxious. It's caused you to be worried. It's caused you to be stressed. See, we praise God. We say, God, I'm thankful for my health. Well, wait a minute. You, the doctor just told you you were sick. That's great. I'm, I understand the doctor told me I'm great. I'm sick. But I know that I serve a God who is greater than sickness. So God, I'm praising you for my health. I'm praising you that I'm strong. I'm praising you that I'm a right mind. God, I'm praising you in my situation. You may get a bill that you can't afford and the collection agency's calling you and you're freaking out and you're saying, God, I'm thankful that you're providing for me. Wait a minute. God's not provided. I know he hasn't yet, but he's a God that will. I'm going to praise him before I get it. Why? Because I trust him no matter what. Yeah. Praise him. We have to have peace within ourselves, but through communion, through asking and through thanking him. This anxiety and this stress and the worry of this world will weigh so heavy on us that it will cause literally for us to lose and be, have the day of peace stolen every single day. It's important that we would be a people, that we would seek living a lifestyle of peace. And you know, we oftentimes as humans, we live in this hypothetical concept in our minds. The hypothetical world of the what ifs. And I will say this, I think that peace doesn't even exist in the hypothetical. And what I mean by that is we can get into the concept of, oh, what if, okay, I got sick, and okay, if I'm sick, what if I'm sick, and what if I, what if I get really sick, and next thing you know, I got really sick, and what if I end up doing this, next thing you know, I'm all the way down to the point of where I, what if I'm on my deathbed? Or, you know, you're in a situation where you're like, oh, how do I pay for this bill or my job? What if I lose my job? You have, no one's told you you're going to lose your job. What if I lose my job? Like, if I lose my job, then I'm not going to have any money. If I don't have any money, then I'm not going to be able to afford a family. If I can't afford a family, I'm going to lose the house. If I lose the house, then I'm going to have to lose the cars. If I lose the cars, then I'm not going to have any money. The next thing you know, I'm going to be in jail. 
Like, what? What are you? T- That's where our brains will go because we can't afford a $20 electricity. Well, electricity is a lot more than $20, but that's all right. Here's what it is. Here's what it is. We can hypothetically think so far out that we can cause us to lose peace of today. And even that's on the negative side, even the positive side. People are like, what would you do if you had a billion dollars? I'm like, I don't have a billion dollars. Yeah, but what if you did? I don't. Yeah, 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 I know you don't. But like, what, what, what if you did? I don't. I'm not gonna think that way because that's not what I have. God's blessed me with today and what he's given me today is enough. If you're single in the room, single ladies, come on somebody. You can get together and you're like, just imagine one day you'll be riding in your minivan (laughs) with your, somebody done had this conversation, praise God. You'll be riding and with your boo and he's just gonna like grab your hand and the kids are gonna be crying in the back. Oh, is it going to be lovely? One, no, that's not lovely. (laughs) That's the first thing. Anybody with kids, you know. The second thing, here's what happens. That causes us to look negatively at today and meaning that making us think that means single's not good. Where did we get to in a culture that has told us that single's not good? That single is less than. Single is not less than. You are you. And God is God. And he is enough. And so when we get into the hypotheticals of whatever, the good or the bad, I'm not saying don't dream about getting married. That's not what I'm saying. People want to go home so, just that's not what I'm saying, okay? Here's what I'm saying. I'm saying is if we can get to the place of where it starts to steal the joy and the peace of today, we're off. Don't allow your mind to wander into a place of hypothetical where it causes you to think that today is is not where it's supposed to be because today is the day you have. Today is the day that God has given you. Today is the day that God has given you and the things in what you have today. And so that means everything you have is enough for today to bring joy and peace into your life. We have to have peace within ourselves and then peace in our circumstances. John chapter 16 and verse 33 says, I have told you these things so that you may have peace in this world. You will have trouble, but take heart, I will overcome the world. He doesn't say, take heart, I'll give you peace, take heart. For those that are believers or those that are unbelievers or those in the world, they will have peace. He says, just know in this world, you will have peace. Everybody, I mean, you will have trouble. Everybody in this planet, we will walk through times of trouble. And so it's important that we understand that we would have peace in all of our circumstances. And it goes back to the inflatable tube where we would be able to say, okay, even in my troubles, even in my struggles, even in my hard times, I know God is surrounding me with his presence. He doesn't promise us that we'll live a life if we're believers, if we're Christians. He doesn't promise us that we'll live a life without trouble. But he does promise us that he'll walk through us within the trouble. That no matter what we walk through, he's with us. The Bible says he will never leave us and he'll never forsake us. Whether it's relationally, whether it's financially, whether it's emotionally, whether it's mentally, whatever we walk through. It's not that we won't walk through trouble, but it's that we will have someone walking with us who, are, who is greater than that trouble. Does that make sense? And so we have peace in the circumstance. John chapter, I mean, James chapter three, excuse me, in verse 18, it says, and those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. Those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace. 
They will plant seeds of peace. We have to have peace in ourselves. If we're going to be peacemakers, we have to, be, we have, to have peace, but then we also have to extend peace to others. We have to extend peace to others. I love this because he says they will plant seeds of peace. They'll plant seeds. Here's the question that we have to ask ourselves. With the way that we talk, with the way that we act, with the way that we post, with the way that we respond to people, the way that we do things in our lives, is it planting seeds of peace? Because everything that we do is planting some sort of seed. Are we as believers in such a way that we have such a peace that the way that we speak and what we speak and the way that we respond and how we respond, that it's planting seeds of peace in others' lives around us. We can't just have peace for ourselves. God wants us to be a people that extend peace, that give peace. It's kind of like the illustration with the inner tube, okay? Here it is. I'm, I'm walking in the inner tube. Let me try to put it back on. Praise God. Here we go. I got the inner tube on, and so here it is. And so I'm walking. Uh, 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 Gino, you want, uh, not Gino, uh, Bruce, one of y'all, one of y'all help me. You know, Gino's on the other side. I don't know, I'm tripping. Yeah, yo, come over. Come up here, buddy. There you go. Here you go. And so now, let's say, he's my brother over here. He's, wait, wait, wait a second, dude. Wait a second. Okay. <laughs> he's like, sorry. Um, so here's what it is. He's walking through a struggle in his life. And here's what oftentimes as Christians, what we can do. Okay, he's walking through a struggle. Okay, I'm good. Okay, I have peace. Okay, now I gotta get back in the job situation. Oh, thank God, I'm good. Okay, God's good. I'm feeling protected. Okay, walking through a relationship situation. Okay, good, I'm good. He's like, leave me alone, bro. Okay, cool. I'm good. And that's, that's great that we're finding inner peace. But it's also that God wants us to extend peace. Now, go ahead and put that mug on. You're going to look real pretty. Dude. You're going to be online too, dude. You know what I'm saying? You're gonna be, there you go. Put it on. Go ahead, fit it on your big old arms. Okay, cool. Okay, here we go. And so now what's happened is now I'm not just, oh, don't bump me, dude. It's not bumper cars. <laughs> and so, <laughs> okay, you made me laugh. Okay, sorry. And so here's what it is. Why are you twirling it? My man's like, I love you, dude. And so here's the deal. 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 Y'all stop. I'm trying to do something here. And so here's the deal. Now, it's not just me. I'm bumping my, my, my peace and walking away and being in my little four corners of the world. No, it must four no more in my little church and my little small group. No, I'm desiring to extend the peace to him. Why now? So he can also be protected from the, the culture and the society and fears and the anxiety and stress of this world. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Okay, give it up. Appreciate you, dude. Thank you, dude. I'm sorry. I embarrassed you, dude. My dude, my dude, my dude. Appreciate you. And so it's important for us to understand that. I mean, if you want to twirl it around your piece, twirl it around your piece. <laughs> that was awesome. That was better than I thought it could be. Praise God. And so we're called to extend peace. Oftentimes, it's sad, but oftentimes as believers, we can, instead of extending peace, we can fuel the fire of worry. We can fuel the fire of, of anxiety. We can fuel the fire of stress by us being just as worked up and us being just as fearful and us being just as concerned and worried. Oh my gosh, you're right. What if, what if we do lose the jobs? And No, no, here's what I know. I'm walking into that workplace and I know I serve a God who is a provider. So if I lose my job, I'm not gonna lose my joy or my peace because I know God's gonna still provide. Why? Because that job is not what literally provides for me. It's God who gave me that job. And so we, we, we walk and we live understanding our goal is not to fuel the flames of, of anxiety and stress and worry, but it's, to, it's to, to fuel and extend 
peace into others' lives around us. How do we do that? I'm glad you asked. Two quick things, very quickly. In John chapter 10, verse 10, it says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it more abundantly. This is Jesus talking, and he's talking about the enemy of our soul, and he says the, the thief, he comes, the enemy of our soul comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. And the enemy's goal is to steal our joy. The enemy's goal is to steal our peace. And he will, call, he will use all kind of situations and all kind of circumstances to try to lose or to try to keep us from, from having the peace. And we can start blaming others. We can start blaming political parties and we can start blaming why prices are so high or we can start blaming why we're not making enough money in our job or our relationship of all the reasons why we don't have peace when really that's not the case. And that's why I'm bringing you to my thought. How do we really be peacemakers? We have to stay focused on what the real issue is. The real issue is understanding and who the real enemy is. And it's the enemy of our soul. The, the, your boss is not who's stealing your peace. Your doctor is not what's stealing your peace. Your sickness in your body or your child or your family member's sickness in their body is not what's stealing your peace. You may be allowing those things to steal your peace, but that is not what steals your peace. The enemy is the one that steals our peace. And so we must be a people that is aware of that. So we're not gonna fight one another. We're not gonna be worried or concerned because you look different than me or you believe different than me or you act different than me that I'm gonna be frustrated or I'm gonna be an enemy to you. No, I understand that the real enemy is the enemy of my soul who's trying to steal my peace and steal today from me. And we have to constantly, continually tell ourselves that because if not, we'll start to play the blame game and blame all the reasons why we are feeling or responding the way that we are. Genesis chapter one and verse 27, as I close today, it says, so God created mankind in his own image. The image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. How do we really walk and live as peacemakers? We have to know that we have peace. We have to have a peace with God, a peace within ourselves, a peace in our circumstances. We have to extend peace to others. But then how do we extend it? We have to stay focused on the real issue and we have to understand God wants us to see others through his eyes. We have to see others through the eyes of God. It says that God created mankind in his own image. We are all made in his image. The person that is causing strife in your life, in the workplace or your neighborhood or, or your HOA or, or your, your, your school or your classmate or your teammate or your, uh, none of those people are our real opponents. We're all created, the Bible says, in his image. Every human on this planet, whether they agree with you, whether they, they like the same things you like, whether they believe the same things we believe, whether they look like us, whether they're from the same neighborhood as us, none of that matters. We are all made in the image of God. And so here's what God wants us to do. How do we really become peacemakers? We start to see everybody the way Christ does that we would see them through the compassion and the lens of Christ and the love of Christ, that we would say, okay, I understand God loves me and he loves me no more than he loves someone who calls themselves an atheist or someone who calls themselves a non-believer, whatever it is, or someone who's against me or someone who's gossiping about me or someone who's frustrated with me or someone, none of that matters. We are all made in the image of God. And so as, as Christians, if we call ourselves Christians, our goal is to see people through the lens of God. And if we do this, here's the interesting thing. If we do this, 
we'll start to treat people differently. We'll start to want to bring peace into the chaotic situations. Why? Because how we see is how we treat people. How we treat people is how we see people. I'm gonna treat you how I see you. If I see you as an enemy, I'm gonna treat you as an enemy. If you see someone as, as an enemy to yourself, you're gonna treat, if you see someone as family, you're gonna treat them as family. And so God wants us all to see everybody as understanding we're all made in his image. And so we see everybody through the lens of love and of Christ. And so that we're able to continue to extend the peace even in the chaotic moments even in the stressful moments, even in the world, moments of worry, even in the moments where we don't understand and we don't know, God gives us a peace that passes all understanding. And so now we can go into those relationships and we can go into those workplaces and we can go into those communities and we can go into this world bringing peace with us everywhere that we go. This is what a peacemaker is. A peacemaker is not someone that just sits in the corner and just says us four no more and we just sit down and we just shut up and we don't say anything and we just kind of praise with our hands half lifted and we just kind of do our thing. No, peacemakers are ones that go out into their world and they say, I understand that I know someone who is greater than your trouble, than your trials, than your problems, than your hurts, than your guilt, than your shame. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to come and I'm going to bring a peace. Why? Because I've met this person and there's no one like him. And so I want to share that and spread that with you so that you can experience the same peace. Blessed, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called the children of God. The true children, Christians, the true children of God are ones who are extending their peace everywhere they go. Let us be a church. Oh my goodness. Let us be a church that is always extending peace to our community. Amen. Can we pray?